and welcome to the Man On Podcast. Joining me again <laughs> is Craig. <laughs> just yeah. us two at the minute. We've sat the other two off. Just <laughs> We're best friends now, aren't we? We are. We are, mate. We always were. It's fine. Um, no, Martin is back, but he's busy today. He will be joining us, I think, um, Friday. Friday. Spoiling you with content as well at the moment. Well, we, this one was kind of off the cuff, right? Uh, we were just going to do the Friday one, but then it felt like it was just going to end up being extortionately long, I think, on Friday. We went through our teams and all of this in one pod. Yeah. Yeah, the danger of running on for over an hour or something. So probably better off doing two shorter ones than one mammoth one. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, today is the uh, focusing on the sky World Cup fantasy, and I think uh, it was our, this came about after our conversation after yes, we recorded yesterday, wasn't it? After we went off air per se, I was like, can't get my head around the sky, and then you were like, well, this is the plan I've got, and putting players in, and and you know trying to plan, and I literally sat down last night, um, and the missus was watching some crap <laughs> I wasn't interested in um and I was like oh well I'll boot up the laptop and I sat there and like made the spreadsheet and planned every transfer through to the round of 16. um I know for well in game week not even game week two we day day two or three that plan's going to go out the window. Takes a keeper to get sent off right and it's all up in the air sent off <laughs> any injuries it's all up in the air do you know what I mean it's like and yeah then then you me and Martin started chatting about it most of the evening as well didn't we it was like so that's why this came about it's a, it's a way to run the the Sky Fantasy World Cup and obviously we're going to be doing a pod on Friday with Martin as I mentioned um and we're going to reveal our teams to you for Sky, uh, Gaffer. I don't think I'm going to do the fan team one because I did the fan team one on a separate pod and it's just no point. You guys aren't playing it. Um, so I think it will just be pretty much Sky and Gaffer we, we reveal on uh, on Friday. Um, we're not going to tell you our full plans and our transfer moves though because that would just be boring and we don't want you to copy us because we want to win. <laughs> You're just in danger of making us sound very nerdy here, Darren. We spent hours talking about this last night, about Sky strategy a week before... <laughs> The first game. We're not that nerdy, really, are we? We are. Uh, we are. And <laughs> it's probably the nerdiest I've been in quite a while. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, creating spreadsheets and transfer plans for a game that starts in a week. Um, but yes, let's let's jump into it. Let's go for the points first, mate. No, yeah. So yeah, first slide. Um, there may be a lot of people playing this game that don't play Sky in a in a Premier League. Um, perspective they may only be playing sky for the first time so the points are very different um in this game in the sky compared to fpl for example if you if you're used to playing that um most importantly is the is the bonus points you don't just get you know obviously in fpl you'll get bonus points for three star players doesn't work like that here there's a whole collection of, of bonus points you you can get and and the majority of them really help defensive midfielders um, and and things like that, or maybe even centre backs who just complete loads of passes. If you if you play FPL, you'll know certain teams, Man City, um, the Chelsea centre backs, rack up passes like can regularly get ninety, hundred passes in a game. That's actually rewarded in Sky. You can get three points if someone completes seventy passes. You also get um, extra points for tackles uh, and things like that. So j- just as an example, if you was looking at let's say a Spain defender in game week one, they're at home to Costa Rica. I think most people would probably assume they'll keep a clean sheet in that game. And the way Spain play football, keep the ball, tick attacker type stuff. 
the defenders are probably going to complete 70 passes in that game. Costa Rica aren't going to have much of the ball. So if you, if you, for example, pick Amaric Laporte and he, and he plays in that game, we don't know if he's going to start yet. Obviously, it's a risk, but let's assume he starts. They keep the clean sheet. You're going to get five points for his clean sheet. If you complete 70 passes, you get three points. You get two points for him turning up. Um, you never know. You may get lucky with an attacking return as well. You may get some tackles or something off him. But without really doing a great deal there, he's already got 10, 11 points just by turning up and doing what's expected of him, which is basically pass the ball around for, for 90 minutes against a weak team. So it's not just... I, I think it's easy with all fantasy games, especially with midfielders, to get sucked into going after the attacking players. And there's obviously reasons for that. You get more points for goals, assists, et cetera, et cetera. But there is, there is an argument in this game um, that maybe a more defensive player who maybe is capable of getting a lot of passes and a lot of tackles. I'm thinking of someone like Rodrigo De Paul or something at Argentina. If he's Ciao. a DM, if he's if he's a defensive midfielder for Argentina and they've got fairly good games, he could easily get 70 passes in that game, get three points. He could easily get four tackles in that game in a defensive midfield role, get another three points. So he's got six points just for tackling and passing, um, two points for playing. That's eight points just for doing not very much tackling and passing. A midfielder to get an assist or a goal is probably going to get eight points. And it feels like the passing is a lot more, is a lot easier to predict than a goal for a player. Certainly so is. I think I think you want to mix. I don't, I don't think it's a case of going for all the defensive players. But um, you'll notice in some of the pricing, they're, they are a bit cheaper. Um, we'll get onto it on the next slide. Don't jump over yet. But you'll see Declan Rice on the next slide being so much cheaper than Phil Foden. Um, and is there an argument you want Rice instead? So, yeah, it's, it's just a case of understanding the rules and exactly what you're getting points for. Um, it's just that. And, and mainly for new players, it's the, it's the passing and the tackling that is probably the new thing um, that you you may not be aware of and may underestimate. Yeah, that that's the thing that I really struggle with in the comparison between FPL and Sky. Like, this is why you guys are always further ahead than me in Sky, because I've you guys plan this and think about this. And I've always been about attacking players. Whereas, like, the likes, you know, go back to FPL, the likes of Rodri, Hoiberg, for instance, Rice, as you mentioned, they're picking up those tackling and passing tiers. Um, I mean, with Man City, Rodri is an absolute points magnet because every attack really goes through him, straight from defence to Rodri, out wide, straight through the middle, De Bruyne. It's 100 passes pretty much guaranteed every game for him, which is three points, just for for not really doing anything. 100%, exactly, and you got three points. Whereas with FPL... Rodri, you play Rodri, you're probably going to get three points total, and that's it. Yeah. You know? So that's the that's the really big difference that I've tried to, and I've got better this year. That's why my position is a lot better in Sky. Um, but that's the massive difference within the scoring of, of the Sky games is is you've got to you know defensive players for once are actually rewarded because otherwise there's no point in having a you know especially in the group stage here where there's so many mismatches. Um, you look at some there's going to be some games say in, in week one Spain Costa Rica is a big one Argentina have got Saudi Arabia yeah. England have got Iran. The, the the elite teams in in those pairings are likely to have all the ball, yeah. And so defensive players are likely to get pass tiers probably in all of those games. I think um, it's worth noting. I think Iran lost today in a friendly against Tunisia two 0 Okay, so, so yeah, and equally there's three points there just for having three shots on target in a game. So if there is someone I don't know who that is, you may be a bit better with me than this uh, for Darren. But if, is there someone that shoots a lot? Um, just what, by having three team? shots on target, even if they don't go in, you're going to get three points. For which team? 
anyone just in the tournament. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's going to be plenty of people, especially the especially any team that plays those wingers. So Argentina, who for instance have got uh, Di Maria, he'll shoot quite a bit. He'll cut inside. Um, Uruguay, Diera Casta, um will take a lot of shots. He's plays he plays like attacking midfield. Um, is Mbappe going to be selfish? Seems like one of those sort of players. That might I, I mean, it, it would it would completely surprise me if Mbappe. Yeah, I mean, if you're going for the strikers, it would surprise me if any top, let's say even ten, Holland, Netherlands, France, um, Spain, Germany, England, Brazil, Argentina. I mean, that's eight very quickly ruled mm-hmm. off. Um, it would surprise me if their out and out striker didn't have more than three shots a game on target um, for it's most games as well. That. Three points just for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, there's 100% a lot of players, a lot of teams. These stuff. You don't see many teams, in honesty, set up with a 4-4-2 anymore. They all play with like a 4-3-3, wingers out wide, and those wingers cut in and shoot. That That is exactly how a lot of the teams play these days. So there's a lot to be said for having sort of attacking midfielders in this game. One quick one as well. It's seven points for a defender goal. I don't know if we've got any penalty taking defenders. but uh... Uh, Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez of Switzerland. So if if they've got a mismatch game, maybe he can get passing. Maybe he could get tackling. Maybe they'll get a pen. Um, maybe they'll get a clean sheet. There's obviously a big route to a, a really big haul in that yeah. game. There's and one. maybe even, we'll get onto this later on as well, maybe even a possible viable captain in that situation. Because naturally, I think you'll gravitate towards the elite striker. But if you've got, if, I don't know Switzerland have got as, as a bad game. But if they've got a bad game against someone where you think they're going to get the clean sheet, he could get a clean sweep, someone like Rodriguez. There, there's not actually that. They haven't got a great group because <laughs> I've, I've, I've done exactly the same thing. I mean, it's worth noting that he's shared the last penalty was taken by Sef, Seferovic um, and Rodriguez missed. Is, is Rodriguez? Rodriguez, I think. Um, yeah, Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, has lost, um, has missed one or two as well. And obviously you get... You, you, you get um, minus points and missing penalties. So the other thing I noticed about Switzerland while we're on them is we don't, they don't get many penalties. In fact, for the last 30 games, they've had two to three and they've like missed two out of three. Oh, uh, get in then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's missed two, I think. And Seferovic has missed one as well. So yeah, it's, it, it was an idea of mine too. But, so the general feeling is, 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 is there's information about the, the point scoring on the screen there. Um, feel free to go and have a look yourself, but familiarise yourself with all the points because it's not just goals and assists and clean sheets to get you things. Uh, yeah, shall I move over? Let's move over. Ooh. So yeah, th- another one. So obviously, again, for FPL players, you get a bench, uh, three subs or four subs every week if you include the goalkeeper. So there's a little bit of a safety net should your player not play, um, you, you get a sub on. In some even Sky fantasy games, not Sky, but um, some other World Cup fantasy games even, you may have a bench and it may be the option if you play a player on day one and they don't do very much, you can sub them out. You lose their points, but you can sub them out for someone playing on a later day. So you've got that safety net again of an underperforming player can be removed. This one, you only get a bare 11 and that's it. So dangerous if you're going for risky players, I would say, because um, you want you want a bare 11. Um You've only got a bare 11. If someone doesn't play, you're only playing with 10 that week. Um, even more important, if you put a captain on a risky player, then you're obviously getting no points doubled, which is not very good. So I just, I just put at the moment England, these are the midfielders just for England at the moment um, on the Sky game, and there's 12 of them. Now, England are probably going to play five, I would think, uh, at, at most, maybe even four. So 
to me, I think it's very risky going for almost any of these. I think Rice and Bellingham are probably fairly safe to start. Anyone ahead of that is quite risky. Foden, I think a lot of people were clambering over Foden. They want him to play. Southgate always picked Sterling. Saka's been playing well domestically. Yeah, but yeah. Mason Mount could play. Southgate tends to quite like him. But ultimately, we don't know. Um, so it just feels a bit risky to go for players like that in the group stage, especially going into game week one, when we don't quite know the best teams per country yet. My personal plan in game week one is to pick 11 safe players. The, the only good news with England especially is that um, we will see the lineup because they play first on Monday. So we'll see, we'll see the lineup before we have to lock our team in. So if you've picked one or two players from the Qatar-Ecuador game on Sunday, um, with the intention of using, you get three transfers per game week, so you can obviously use them to remove your said Ecuador-Qatar player onto someone else. You could move them onto an England player, having seen the lineup. So if you wanted to punt on an attacking midfielder for England, you weren't sure which one, pick, pick an Ecuador midfielder, keep enough money in the bank, and you could on a Monday... After seeing the team sheets before kickoff, you can move your Ecuador player to whichever England midfielder you want. That that's an option, but in general, uh, there's not that many good teams where you see the lineups in in game week one. So I, I think it's just safer to pick safe players rather than try and punt maybe a high upside player who's a who's a starting risk. Um, that's just me. I say you may you may get lucky um, and pick a high upside player who then does really well. Yeah, but it's it's just something to consider that you you haven't got the substitutes to fall back on in this game should your player not come uh, not turn up. No, no, absolutely. Um, and it looks like from your screenshots, you and I both have the same England midfielder in our teams. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, and Rice as well. He's just, he's, he's the second cheapest one, but he's probably the most nailed one. Yeah, but... yeah. I just I think Bellingham's just got more attacking side, although he's sort of midfield centre to more defensive. I still I think he still does more attacking than uh than Rice does. He really sits back. We spoke about it on the last slide, right? I think he'll be asked to get up and down. That gives him the scope to pass, that gives him the scope to tackle, gives him the scope to score. He's kind of an all action all round midfielder. So yeah. he's got avenues to points through all of the bonus routes. So I, I think he's all teams have got players like that, but I think he's he's not a bad one, Bellingham. I say he's in my game week one team at the moment. Yep, same. Um, cool. Uh, so how do you use the best use transfers? <laughs> so yeah, you'll see here, this is the game week one fixture breakdown. You'll see the games are spread over five days. Um, the only, and... the only, it's the only time there is five days as well, isn't it? Because we've got the Ecuador and Qatar game on, on the Sunday instead. Every other one is four days. Yeah, and as I said earlier, you get to make three transfers in a game week. So there was a scope really to have 14 players in each game week, the 11 that start off in your team and then three additional ones. And should you, for example, take a player out that's already played and replace them with someone yet to play, you get both the sets of points from that. You don't lose the points from the player you remove, you get both sets. Yeah. So you 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 kind of looking to maximise really, you want 14 players each week. So you, you shouldn't really, like, this is a query about starting with, let's say, for example, Brazil. They, they play in the last day of the game week. So is in, if you start off with Brazil players, you can't sell that player for someone else still to play in that game week. You, you're better off in game week one, as an example, completely out of, off the cuff here, starting with Harry Kane on the Monday, England Iran, you might want to even captain him in that game if you think he's got a high upside. Use one of your three transfers to then move to Neymar. 
<laughs> giving away plans and ideas. <laughs> you, you can use your transfer to move Harry Kane to Neymar on the Friday and then Captain Neymar if you if you wanted to as well on the Thursday. And then that week, then you've got Harry Kane's points and you've got Neymar's points. So I, I certainly wouldn't recommend loading your team up in game week one with a load of players that whose first game's on the Thursday. No. You, you really want a, a spread because you need a captain on every day. Or it's, it's advisable to have a captain on every day, including the Qatar-Ecuador game. Yeah. But I would, I would try and recommend your three transfers, getting someone in for someone who's already played, who's still to play, if that makes sense. So take someone out on the Monday, from the Monday for a Tuesday player or even a Wednesday. It doesn't really matter who you get, but don't don't take a... Don't wait for your, for your Thursday player and then think, oh, I could have had... If, if you look at the minute, think, am I going to get Messi into this team and you've got Neymar? You may as well start with with Messi and then move him to Neymar with a transfer. So yeah. like Neymar's a good transfer from literally any other striker in the game. You probably want Kane, Mbappe, Messi. Yeah. All of those could be moved to to Neymar in game week one. So he's probably not advisable to start with with Neymar. I don't think. No, it's it's a hundred percent. When I was planning last night, it's a hundred percent. Obviously, the what the thing you can do within Sky as well, unlike FPL, is you don't have to swap out a striker for a striker. So, for instance, if you want Kevin De Bruyne on the Wednesday, you could take out Kane and put in Kevin De Bruyne. There's no problem with that. As long as the formation is valid, you can absolutely do that. Um, that's worth noting. The other thing is, Craig just alluded to, is, is money and cash flow. Um, it's definitely worth keeping a bit in the bank because you'll end up getting yourself a bit stuck. I had to sort of go through my transfers and make sure they all aligned and that I had the money for each one. I did get locked out of one or two players because I just couldn't afford them. There, there comes a time, and I can't remember if it was game week one or game week three, where I end up with basically one striker and five midfielders because I wanted, I think it's the very last Brazil game, and I wanted, um, I wanted Neymar, I can't afford him. So I've gone for Raf Rafinha instead, um, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. I'm happy with that. But I basically, I've priced myself out of getting Neymar further down the line. The two ways around it, I suppose. One is to start four four two because you're uh, not you, you're yeah, not maxed yeah. out in any position in that in that formation. So whatever That's move you make, you can get to everyone. So if you start with four four two, that leaves all your options still open. Sure. The other thing to be careful of, I suppose, is I so say you want a captain for that Qatar Ecuador game. I would think. I wouldn't obviously because those two nations are quite weak. Um, the players are quite cheap, so be careful if you max your budget out and then still expect to transfer out a Qatar or Ecuador player because you've got to be limited on who you can get in to replace them if you've maxed your budget out. So you might that was, that's exactly what happened to me. My Ecuador, <laughs> my Ecuadorian player is seven million, and I was yeah. like, um, and I and every time I was like, well, I don't need him in but I can't get rid of him because he's so cheap. He doesn't free up enough funds for anyone else really at all. Um, and that's what happens. So my actual Ecuadorian player is pretty much consistent throughout my team in, for the whole first like part of the tournament. And I mean, I don't mind Ecuador's fixtures either in all complete honesty. Um, so I, I think Ecuador could do quite well. I alluded it to it on, on my, on my um, pod when I said the heat out there is pretty hot they're very used to heat and playing at a high pace in the heat so they could give some play to, they're very quick paced so they could definitely give some player some um, teams a real a real trouble um so yeah I I mean I don't mind him staying in my team um but yeah just be careful if you go for a like a uh, yeah one of the what's their stupid 5.5 maybe six 
Yeah, he's, he's close to seven. He's I'll, at the moment. He's my player in that first game. Yeah, and, and I'm probably going to sell him for an England player because we'll see the lineup for England. I'm going to make sure I save enough budget so I don't price myself out of an England player I want. So I'm not. I'm not sure yet if I want Trippier. Um, I'm not convinced he's definitely going to play. But if he does, he might take the set pieces. Um, Shaw's probably a bit safer, but with a little bit less upside maybe. Um, there's Stones and Maguire with goal threat from corners and stuff. And obviously we just spoke about they might get passing tiers and things like that, but centre-back just knocking it around between themselves. So I've got a stupid and I'm probably going to move the straight swap defender to defender for England. Um, but I want to see the lineup first, but I'm going to leave myself enough money to get all of any of the England defenders in so I can make a decision when we see that lineup. But I'm not going to say leave myself 8 million and realise then oh, I can only afford Declan Rice. Not that he's necessarily a bad upgrade from the Ecuador player, but... You obviously, you, you want to leave your options open a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, think about the budget and and who you might want to get in. Yeah, absolutely. So, really sound advice on that one because, uh, yeah, I fell foul to that. <laughs> uh, so, significant fixtures. So, yeah, I was just alluded to it then that certain games will see lineups. So, these are the ones on the screen right now are all the first, uh, the first match of each match day. And the, the deadline for locking your teams is is literally on kickoff of the first match of the match day. Now, we usually get the lineups about an hour before. So if you leave your transfers until the last hour, you'll see the lineups. You can still lock your transfers in and you know the player you're bringing in is playing. There'd be nothing worse, for example, having the Qatar-Ecuador player on the, on the Sunday night thinking, I'm going to take him out. I really want to get Phil Foden in. So I'm, I'm, I've transferred in Phil Foden and realised when the team sheet comes out for England that Foden, for whatever reason, isn't playing. Uh, you don't you don't need to be making a transfer straight after the Qatar Ecuador game. You don't need to be making it first thing in the morning. You might have to because of work commitments or something. I understand that, but if you could be free at some point in the hour before kickoff, the lineups will be confirmed. Set and... an alarm, always set an alarm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't run the risk really of bringing a player in, um, at least certainly a player who's playing in the first game of of the game day before we see the lineups. Obviously, different in in if you wanted to on the. The Wednesday, I think it is, for example, I think Germany have got a really good game against uh, Japan. Spain have got a good game against Costa Rica. Yeah. You won't see the lineups. Now, maybe that morning, there may be a hint around a leak or something. You may get a bit more information, but it won't be confirmed. So different if you have to make that transfer without knowing anything. And that's the risk you run with making that transfer. So ideally, I like to make my transfers where we can see the lineups. Um, and there are a couple of games in here. So game week one, I think Ecuador-Iran is a bit of a mismatch. Uh, so Ecuador-England-Iran is a bit of a mismatch. So it'd be helpful to see the England lineup. You've got Argentina-Saudi Arabia on a Tuesday. Um, I think there's a few question marks over there. Defenders at the moment, especially at centre-back, will it be Otamendi, Romero or Lissandro Martinez? There's three capable defenders there. They'll probably play two of them. If you wanted to get start game week, if you wanted to have one of them in your team for game week one, you may want to think about using one of your transfers to do that and waiting until we get the lineup and then getting them in rather than starting with one. Um, so if it's messy, he's going to play right. You don't need to really worry about him unless he gets injured. But there's, there's a, probably a couple of players in Argentina squad where it's not 100% who's going to play. So if you're looking at one of those, maybe wait. Um, they're putting the main two in game week one. Um, game round two... I suppose none of them are that enticing, right? And then game round three, there's Holland versus Qatar and um, Tunisia, France, and maybe even Korea, Portugal that stand out as being quite good games. Excuse me. So, yeah, so if you've got eyes on players in those teams, it might be better. In, in, so when you're setting your team up for game week one, maybe pre-booking your three transfers to get in England and Argentina players because 
you can guarantee that the three players you're bringing in are all going to start that way. Um, maybe, maybe a good way of doing it. It's, I mean, yeah, I'm. <laughs> there's no for me, barely any good first fixtures. That's what. <laughs> like you know, Ecuador, Qatar, yeah, maybe. Like I'll, I'll take it or leave it. I don't think it'll be great. England, Iran, perfect. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, brilliant. Croatia lost today in their friendly. Apparently, they were poor. Um, can't remember who they played, but it wasn't anyone great. Um, there's no other one that really sticks out for me. You might want Wales, Iran. You could punt Bale or somebody. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, the others, I just think, are a bit flat. The, the game from, week three from, France game could be... Yeah, I was going to say, apart from game week three, France-Tunisia will be good. And France may have already there. qualified by then. You never, If they've yeah. won their first two games and other yeah. results have fallen in a certain way, they, they may have already qualified, in which case you may not get the full-strength France team if there's obviously a chance they cross people. So having yeah, seen yeah. the lineup for that game, it, obviously there are some fringe players that are playing. you got an opportunity to get them in with your transfers because you'll see the lineup. Netherlands, Qatar as well will, will be a, will be a big one. I mean, it's probably worth noting that yes, I think I think a few players will be rotated here and there. The main strikers, I don't think, will be in that in in much in most cases simply because of the golden boo um, and things like that. So I can't see. I wouldn't think like Mbappe would miss out, for instance, like at all. Even if even if France have topped their group, there's unless he's carrying an injury or he's unfair. I. I can't see him being happy with being left out when he's got a chance to haul against Tunisia and win the World Cup golden boot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's worth noting. Um, cool. Skip on? Yeah, skip on. Captain's conundrums. So, yeah, again, mentioned earlier that I think a logical feeling with most fantasy games, especially FPL again, is to captain the premium player from the good teams. So it, Look at the game now. That's game week one, the Wednesday. So the, the logical captains here would probably be a Spain centre forward, based if you're looking purely at the fixture, because it feels like that's probably got the most upside on 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 that game day. Some may disagree. To, but... I want to find out who my captain is on that day now. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many routes to points in this game that I wouldn't go sort of chasing the captains. So if you've got oh yeah, so you could have. Say a Spain defender. If you happen to start with a Spain defender, I've already mentioned they they probably got to keep a clean sheet. They'll probably get past in tears. They'll play. There's a good chance they'll get ten points. Um, what's a Spain striker got to do to match that ten points? Probably get a goal and an assist or, or two attacking returns. Now that's far less likely to me than the Spain defender getting the clean sheet and passing tears. So it's not I'm, not. I'm not saying never captain the premium striker. Um, but I think it's more than feasible to captain other players in this game. Um, so on this day, you could have, um, I'm trying to try, you could have De Bruyne or a, a Belgium defender in the Belgium Canada game. I think all of them are viable captains. Spain, any literally anyone in Spain is probably a viable captain because they're probably all capable of getting like the whole 11 might get passing points in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in Germany, again, they'll knock the ball around and get passing tears. There's obviously a chance that Spain or Germany could score three or four goals as well. If you happen to get Joshua, Joshua Kimmich, could get passing tears, could get tackling tears, could take set pieces. <laughs> this one's tricky because I'll tell you now, at the moment, I I will only have two players in this game week, in this in this day. Um, and I don't have a Spanish player in at all until like the very last game week. Like the last one, I think it is the last the last day. 
yeah the, the very the very last fixture in round uh, sorry the first the second to last fixture the only time i put a spain player in my team the reason being Kimmich, you've mentioned he's absolutely nailed for germany not a problem it's really hard to choose who germany and spain play they have got a stacked team they always rotate and like when i looked at the data i've got it's really hard and so for me not knowing the team lineup because you won't get it that day really put me off them so i do have i'm taking a punt on one germany player in that in that in that day that will play i'm and i'm hoping he does if he doesn't i'm going to be down to one player and it's kdb <laughs> um who who's going to be my captain anyway but i'm only actually getting two players for this day i just uh, in an ideal world here i'd love to have a spain defender so I think 10 points is virtually locked in for turning up, passing the ball around a lot and keeping a clean sheet. Uh, I don't know if I'd captain them yet, but I think it's a fairly safe 10 points. And then I say you can move them to a Thursday player with one of your three transfers for the game week, whether it's the like for like move to a Brazilian. I say you could even move, if you leave, if you start with the right formation, you could even move the Spain defender to Neymar or something if you wanted to. So I'd, I'd, I'd like to be able to do that, but because... A bit like we said about um, another team earlier, about which it was Argentina, wasn't it? Which defenders are going to start? Spain are a, a little bit tricky as well between Eric Garcia, Aymeric Laporte and Paul Torres. Paul so Torres. Do, do, do you want to run the risk of picking the wrong one of those three? It's awkward. Um, but if you get the right one, I think you're pretty much guaranteed 10 points here. And I say you probably don't want them in game week two because Spain played Germany. That's obviously not an optimum game. Exactly. Another but, reason why... <laughs> I, don't so I think it makes sense to maybe start with Spain because the, the floor of the players is so is so high um, and then and then move them on to a, a Thursday player is, is probably quite a good idea but do, do, do you if you if you could choose if you just said you would have one either either one German or one Spanish player you couldn't have either you don't name the player but would you rather have a Germany player for Japan or a Spanish player for Costa Rica Spain I'd rather have a Spain defender. Because no, Kimmich is good, but he's only get clean sheets, does he? Because he's a midfielder. No, that's, see, that's, that's... so I've I've gone for a Germany attacking fit player. I okay. think Germany against Japan are better, uh, and and then I and then I get rid of him straight away because yeah, the next game is Spain, and I'm just not interested in that Germany. Depends Spain. how much weight you put on their clean sheet. I I think they're two quite good chances of clean sheets. I think the Spain one's more likely, and. Um... Like, to me, in my head, I, I could be wrong again here. I think Costa Rica are the worst team of everyone in the World Cup. Okay. So you've done more research than me on, on especially on these sort of inferior teams. I, so, I yeah. did. I did have a graphic on it. Um, unlike statistically, who is the worst? Um, it feels like it. Spain will keep the ball, knock it around, seven hundred passes between them or something. They probably win a comfortable two 0 Picking the goal scorers is tough, but the DM will get everything. The, the centre backs will get everything. But uh, at the moment, I'm I'm probably going to more likely to start with a Germany player than a Spain one, just because I think their players are a bit safer. I, I think, like for example, Sule and Rudiger, I think are, are fairly safe yeah. at, for Germany yeah. at centre back, unlike the Spain ones. Yeah. So I'd rather have the Spain, but I'm say what we were saying earlier about having nailed players. I think the the Germany ones are a bit safer. So as much as they're less likely to get the tears and they're less likely to get the clean sheet, they're more likely to play. Um, and obviously that's more important that they play because they should still get at least four or five points. Um, yeah. Cost, but yeah, cost. De, Bru de Bruyne makes sense as a captain on this day because he's, he's got to play, right? Yeah. So in, in the data I've got, I've just, I've just, I've just got it up. Costa Rica 
they're not the worst team at all. Japan and Japan are lower than them in their and they're in the same group. So Japan uh, should finish. I mean, we're going purely by data and stats here. Uh, Costa Rica should finish above Japan. Um, and there's a, there's 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 another good eight, eight or nine teams below them. Um, so Japan, is Australia, based on world rankings, is it? Based on sort of rankings and also like uh, ratings of defense and offense and stuff. Okay. Um, knockout round percentage of going through as well. Um, so Japan, Australia, Canada, Ghana, Saudi Arabia, Tunisia, Qatar, and also Cameroon, which I'm surprised about. But of all the African nations, so who's, who's the worst team you've got on, on your chart, Cam- Aaron? Cameroon. Oh, the worst team, is it? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, just something to bear in mind here that you, you say it's one, it's not like, I wouldn't waste your transfers unless you're trying to get the top striker in because the striker may not even be the best. They've probably got more upside. If one scores a hat-trick and as, if they score a hat-trick, they've got to have three shots on target, obviously, which we already spoke about earlier, these extra points as well, just for the shots. They get all the points for the goals. In these sort of mismatch games, if someone scores four or five goals and you capture them, um, which isn't, it's possible, it could happen that someone's going to score four in a game, then a defender's not going to be able to match that with, with the best will in the world. So it's, there's, there's a balance between captaining a defender who's got a higher floor or an attacking player who's got a lower floor, but a much higher ceiling. Um, And it'll be those sort of decisions that probably dictate where you finish ultimately, because after the group stage, you don't really get these mismatches. I know there'll be some games where one team looks a lot better than the others, but not to the level of some of these games we're going to get in the group. So it feels like points should be a lot more predictable in the group. You'd hope in which case you may want to think about your captains. Cool. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> got 40 <laughs> you got four. yeah so this is what I was talking about earlier so you can I say you can get 14 players in a, in a game week by the 11 that you start the game week with and then transfer three of them out for three players that play afterwards so hence you get 14 now if you work it out properly you might need to be fairly creative with this you can get 42 players out because you'll need to start off with quite a few players playing early in the game week and gradually you phase them out. A couple go in the first week to someone play, maybe let's, for example, say you get, you start off with three or four from England and Holland. Um, you play them in game week one, then you move them to Argentina um, and they play Saudi Arabia. The next week you'll get the Argentina player um, in their second game. And then you move them to someone on the third day. And in the last week you move the, that player to the fourth week. So you can do it to, you, you don't want to start with too many players in the fourth day because you can't transfer them out for someone still playing. So there's obviously little chain moves, if you want to call it that, where you've always got the option of moving someone to someone playing later while still retaining captaincies on all the match days. So it will take a little bit of work. It does take a little bit of planning and organisation and thinking. I don't, um, I, don't, I don't know if we've already said this. Um, no. I know we were talking about transfers just now. Yes, you can move a player that's already played to a different player, but it can't be in the same day. I don't know if you mentioned that. I'm just oh, yeah, new, no, we didn't. But that's for any true. new for any new players, I don't want to think that you can play England, can play Kane for Iran, and then get Bergwijn in for Senegal at four o'clock. You you can't do that. Yeah. The game day is locked. So any new players potentially, I don't want you to, I don't want you to come back to us liable. So and you could said I could do that. You can't. So, it's, um, it's, so here's one example. You start with Harry Kane in, in your original team. He plays Iran. 
One of your three transfers moves came to Messi for the Saudi Arabia game. Then, so Messi's now in your team for game week two. So you'll play, Messi will play Argentina's second game. You then sell him straight after that for someone playing on day three in the second week. So let's, for example, say Kevin De Bruyne. Um, you play Kevin De Bruyne in as well in game week two. Um, so it's game week one, you've had Kane play and Messi play. Game week two, you've had Messi play and De Bruyne play. Then game week three, you've still got De Bruyne. He plays there and then you move him to a Brazil player. So you've chained it up. That that, that spot has had two players play in every game week. If you, if you do that three times, you have to start with a player in group A every time and move through the groups and you end up with a player in group D. There might be other more creative ways to do that, but that's the gist of it, that you always get 14 players and then you get 42 players across the three rounds of games and that's the most you can have. So that's one strategy to try and assume that just the quantity of players will give you the most points. Um, and you'd like to think that's quite a good way of doing it, right? If you can get 42 players all with reasonable upside, there'll be a lot of managers that don't play it like this and may only, it's possible they might only get like 34, 35 players. That. So you could gain seven fixtures over other managers that haven't planned in this way, which is quite a lot, right? Seven fixtures. Massive. Looking at 40, 50 points, isn't it? Could be, depending yeah. on who you get. So that, yeah, that's one strategy there, moving through like that. If you move on, Darren, uh, there's, there's another strategy. Yeah, of course. So there's this one. Um, if you if you think there is an elite team, so I don't know who you would say here, Darren's got the best group of all of the elite teams. It could be England, it could be Argentina. Um, I don't know which team you would prioritise as having the best all-round group. Um, I would probably go with... Yeah, England or Argentina. It, it, yeah, definitely, so. it definitely is, yeah. So th this team on the screen now is got is loaded with England players. They certainly in defence. It's not impossible with England's defensive strategy. They keep three clean sheets, right? And so you've got four defenders all getting all of that, those points. You've got, for game week one, you've got the, the Sunday player in the Ecuador game. And you've got captains for all the other days. So you're loaded with England players. So you captain one of them on the Monday. The Tuesday, you've got Messi. The Wednesday, you've got De Bruyne. The Thursday, you've got Neymar. Um, so you just pick that one nation and go overboard getting their players in. You load up on them. Hope that team, Argentina, might be a better one because you're probably a bit more trustworthy for scoring goals, if not a bit more unreliable for maybe conceding them. But pick pick your team, whichever team it is. Um, get loads of players in and literally just make sure you've got enough other players. And in this instance, you could even use one of your three transfers to turn the uh, the Ecuador player into another England player. And then you, you get the Ecuador captain and another England player. So this is this is another option you could do. Just pick your one team, load up, and hope that they really batter the group. And you've obviously got loads of assets from that team that could get you loads of points. It's one way, isn't it? I that's, that's the that's the one way that people play Sky that I can't get my head around is loading up on one team. I just it, just for me, I can't do it. Um, is this your team? No, no, <laughs> just checking. Just <laughs> a very different to what we discussed yesterday in terms of how heavy. I don't mind it. if you thought Argentina were going to score loads of goals though in the group. If you think they've got a weak group, you could. So you have Martinez in goal, maybe two defenders. Start with two defenders. Maybe maybe start with three England players that you're happy to sell, um, and then you can get three more Argentina players in on the, on the Tuesday. Having seen the Argentina lineup. So you, you start off with Martinez, you start off with Messi, you start off with Laturo Martinez, you start off with Rodrigo De Paul or something, four of them. 
you pick three England players, you wait for the Argentina lineup on the Tuesday, you get three more Argentina players, and that's your transfers for the week. And then you end game week one with seven Argentina players plus captains on the other days. Uh, I don't, I don't hate that as as a strategy. And if if you if you have the mindset Argentina are going to score like ten goals across the group and keep three clean sheets or something, if it works, you're laughing, right? Argentina are currently playing actually UAE uh, not a great team to play but Di, Di Maria who I mentioned literally at the start yeah. of the point has already got two goals <laughs> yeah so yeah maybe you put, put him in you, you, it's a big pun haven't, haven't even considered Di Maria in all fairness you know but uh, yeah definitely yeah, shit or bust strategy right you'll either be near the top or you'll be way out of it if Argentina can see in all three group games um, you've obviously put all your eggs in that basket and then you're pretty much done for you're not going to recover from the, the points you've lost yeah I think I think if you're talking Argentinian defence I think you've got Romero I think is pretty much nailed it's who partners him in centre back I don't know I don't think Otamendi does I think he's too old these days and I think it's Molina and Tagliafoco who play on the either side but they're another you wait for team. the lineup, right you wait for the lineup. You put, the nailed, you put three or four nailed ones in Emi Martinez is in goal Messi's up front Di Maria's probably got to play and Rodrigo De Paul's got to play get those four and then use your free transfers on three others once you see the lineup. You've got seven Argentina players then. Yeah. I had, I had a look at the official game earlier, mate, and they didn't even have Martinez in the game. <laughs> and, then I, and then I thought, well, what about Kasper Schmeichel? They don't even have a Danish keeper in the game. I was like, I'm not fucking playing the official game. What a joke. <laughs> Four days out from the World Cup and they haven't even got a full lineup yet. I was like, I'm done. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to forget it now. Um, the black block transfer defenders. So it, it kind of a bit like what we just said. So pick yeah. a team each week that you think are most likely to keep a clean sheet. Um, and it kind of mixes the two strategies together. So maybe for England, Duran, you go with Pickford, you go with Shaw and you go with Trippier. And then after game week one, you sell them for three Argentina defenders when you see the light up. Yeah. So then you've got six defenders from two good teams in game week one, three England and three Argentina. Game week two, you then chain that three Argentina into three, I'm trying to think, maybe Belgium. I don't know who Belgium have got in the second round of games, but then three Argentina defenders become three Belgium defenders. And then maybe in the final week, they become three France defenders or something, or three um, Brazil defenders. So you, all your three transfers every week are targeted on the team you think are most likely to keep a clean sheet in that, in that game. So you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself a triple clean sheet lock-in of, of an elite defence every week. And it's say if you work the transfers properly, you may get two two elite defences in the week if you make sure you move to one that are playing afterwards. Is is that it could be a way to use your transfers again? I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm gonna do that. I'm not saying it's best, but if you think England to keep a clean sheet against Iran and Argentina against Saudi Arabia, you could pick three England, move to three Argentina, that's six clean sheets you've got in game week one from those players. Then you say so you've got Argentina then in game week two, you move them three on again, you could have another six clean sheets. Um I don't hate it as a plan. It's it's an option as a plan to do that. Again, it, <laughs> there's so many strategies to plague Sky. Um, yeah, it's just insane. Uh, it's kind the of the middling one, isn't it, between covering the fixtures and sort of targeting the good teams? It's, it's not quite as aggressive as the strategy just now when you sort of the eggs in one basket one, but it still gives you multiple assets from one nation that should do well, where... If you try and do the the route we've probably done up so far, Darren, trying to maximise the fixtures and having a spread, you never quite got more than maybe, what, two players for each country? 
And if there is some big mismatches there, maybe you're better off having four or five players in those mismatches. It's awkward. It's not say so it's not a right or a wrong one strategy by the end of it. It'll probably be the winning one. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm see, I'm gonna try and get three teams in now and pick one team of each and see and see which one. That yeah, unfortunately, you can't have more than one team in this World Cup one. Oh, uh, maybe maybe someone else I know who's not that invested will give me their Sky login. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Thomas. <laughs> I don't think Tom, Thomas is playing Sky. No, he is. Sorry. Um, question for you, but uh, yeah. I, I don't want time to rumble on. But I've only started with three defenders, and I've only got three defenders. Uh, I moved to four defenders a bit later on. Do you think it's worth starting with four or five? Yeah. Okay. Good. I think the clean sheet. <laughs> I, I think the clean sheets for the good teams are probably the most predictable thing. And the defenders from those teams have got roots to quite a lot of bonus points. So I've, I've mentioned it earlier with Spain. It's, it's an easy 10 points to be had, which is a lot harder for an attacking player to get 10 points. So, I think I need to rethink mine completely. You're going to make me rip up this spreadsheet I made last night and do it all over again. It took me fucking hours. I, I definitely think you probably want to start with four. I won't. I wouldn't be anti-starting. I don't know if five two three is allowed. I can see why you'd I, want to play three forwards. I don't think you can play five two three. No, I think you have to have a minimum. Of yeah, three so I, I think four three three is probably the best way for the groups. You want to give yourself the option of three attackers. I think. Okay. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go back and rethink my uh, strategy and have some playing more more playing defenders. And, okay. and the hard thing in defence is, it, do you go for the attacking fullbacks who are probably less likely to get the passing tiers? Like someone like Mahale for Denmark, he's meant to be quite attacking, maybe playing wing back. Dumfries, someone like that, again, quite attacking yeah. fullback, goal threat. Two of my sport. players keep going, mate. <laughs> but are, are those bet players who maybe won't get, ain't as guaranteed to get the tiers, but have got opportunities to score, which is like seven points, like I've already said, That's are they fine. better than the safe centre backs who are going to mop up all the tiers? <sighs> It's, it's a balancing tricky. game. Yeah, tricky again. What, what what I always do is actually have it normally, if I play when I play Sky, I have it very, very similar to a real football team. I have two centre-backs and two full-backs. <laughs> like, then you've got the best of both worlds. Um, five useful things to remember. Don't do yeah, drops. So we've probably touched on all of these at some oh, point, but I put, I put them all on one slide so we've got we can just run over them quickly. So your number one, have a player on every match day because captains get double points. It's a shame, I think, not to have a captain on a day, especially when there's so many fixtures. Some people might be thinking, I'll boycott that Qatar-Ecuador game because all the players in it aren't very good. Don't Can't really predict the outcome of the game. Don't know if I want a goalkeeper or a striker. But I so say you get three, three transfers. And I say, especially in game week one's case, you see the England lineup. I don't see why you wouldn't pick just any randomer from that game. Um Pick a goalkeeper if you have to, or something, or, or say a Stupanan or Caicedo from Brighton, or something. He might get a bit of everything. He could pass and tackle his way to points. Caicedo, he could, yeah, one hundred percent. So start with him in, in midfield, and then leave yourself enough money, and then sell him to, for Bellingham or something on the second day once you see the England lineup. I don't see why he wouldn't do that for one of your transfers. So I, I, personally, I would have someone on every day, but some people may want to boycott that first game, but I wouldn't. Um, so yeah, again, the second bullet point, we don't get subs in this game. So picking fringe players is dangerous. Captaining fringe players is even more dangerous. I think you want a, a safe starter as your captain as a minimum. Mm. Uh, certain teams attacking players. I think Germany are going to be a bit tr tricky to work out who's playing where in their attack. You need to wait. 100%. I won't uh, see a lineup, so I'm, yeah. I'm going to avoid. 
Too they risky. had a friendly. They had a friendly today. Um, Musilera. A lot of people have got that guy in their team. He was missing from. He was missing from the team. Yeah. Uh, 19 year old I, I mean i've seen him in a lot of teams and i and someone asked me actually in in, in dms what about Musilera, and i said great player but in the last five or six games he ain't played 90 minutes he's only started one or two he comes off pretty early if he plays at all so he's not nailed they played verts they played makauko the um young yeah. dortmund player up front um they had yeah, sane, no yeah. they had sane but i don't think they had nabry we had, yeah, just, I thought Nabry would be nailed as well. So, I think it's, Kevin De Bruyne has got Canada. Um, he's got to play every game and he's probably going to take most of the set pieces and stuff. Why, why try and second guess the, the Germany manager when, or even the Spain manager or something where you can, it just feels a lot safer to have De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> they, maybe the, the, taking the riskier pick might end up working out, but I don't think it's worth it. Um, point three, we haven't touched on this yet. No, no price changes in this game. So if you've got a player and they do well, you haven't got to worry about them going up in price and then holding them because you don't want to be priced out later on. So as an example, in game week three, if say Messi, you've got Messi in your team, he scores six goals in the first three group games, you still could sell him for a Brazil player in, in, in the third round of fixtures and then get him back in your wild card, going into the knockout rounds and he'll cost the same as what he costs to start with. So you haven't got to worry about hold, like where Haaland and FPL, for example, has got up like a million for doing well. That's not going to happen in this game. So don't don't think about price changes, just that the prices are static. Um, say that the fourth one, try and wait till the final hour before the first kickoff of the game day because you'll get team sheets. Um, so where advisable, you obviously want 11 starting, you want all your 11 in your team to be playing. So if you're thinking about bringing a player in from a team in the first kickoff of the game day, you might as well wait for the lineups because you can... Definitely know they're playing. Which is pretty much going to be 9 o'clock UK time, 9 a.m. UK time, all next week. Yes, apart from Monday, right? England oh. play at 1. But that's the only yeah. day, isn't it? Uh, well, and sun the kickoff of the World Cup is Sunday at 4. So yep. you'd want to look at, um, you know, 3 o'clock, you'd want to look. So, yeah, where, where possible, just wait as late as you can. Um, so even if you're trying to get a player in for a later kickoff where you won't see the lineup, you may get some clarity on an injury or something like that, which yeah, this is, this is Sky, not FPL. The servers won't crash. Well, we don't know that yet. There's not yeah. 10 million players in this game, though, is there? There's not, and that's the real, <laughs> and I'll be fair to you. I've never seen anyone complain about Sky crashing on deadline. And we get an hour. We're FPL, right? It's the 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 the. the the rush is like 10, 15 minutes before the deadline. Yeah. Here we get, I get some news, whereas you get a whole hour to see a lineup yeah. and change. So it works really well. If you want to be ultra cautious, wait for them to finish the warm up because you might see the team sheet get a player in and that player might get injured in the warm up. But that'd be very unlucky if you fall. Uh... I mean, I don't, I, I'm not, I'll be what in, in, in FPL or, or let's say fantasy sports top trumps, I'm yet to pull that one. <laughs> I can't can you imagine doing that, get, bringing a transfer in and the player goes down holding his hamstring five minutes before the end of the war. <laughs> fuming. Can see and you captained them as well. And you captained oh, them. Oh, well, don't. <laughs> you, you don't have time to change your captain as long as you've got a second player yeah, playing. You don't, yeah, I was going to say, within Sky, the other thing is you don't get vice captain. Captain for the day is your captain. If yep. uh, he doesn't play, you don't get a captain. And then, yeah, the last one, you can change formation with your transfers. So it's possible to swap a defender for a striker if you've not got too many. So three strikers is the max. So 
you can't change if you already got three strikers, you can't move a defender to a striker. But so be be careful when sort of chaining moves together. You don't leave yourself at a spot where you can't get someone you want because you've maxed out that position. So I think five is the most defenders you can have. Five is the most midfielders you can have. Three is the most strikers, isn't it? Uh, correct. Yeah. So always leave yourself the possibility of yeah jumping around. But yeah, it, it, that's probably for someone that doesn't play Sky. That's quite unusual to maybe start four four two and then move a maybe move a defender to a striker and then move to three four three or something. And then you can maybe move a striker to a midfielder and maybe back to three five two. Your three transfers in a game week may knock you into four different formations in the game week. But so as long as it's within the boundaries of the game, then that's fine. It doesn't have to just be... I think a lot of people naturally just move a striker to a striker. But you don't have to do that. So bear that in mind. Nice. I think that's it, Darren. I think we've it is, mate. It. It is no, not at not at all. Um, it's perfect. Any obviously new Sky players, is, is, this is great for. Um, it's a good strategy. Uh, so yeah, we'll be back Friday, sharing our. Sorry, I suppose our most of our teams. Maybe talk some rough transfer plans and things. Yeah, I'll be I'll be roughly locked in then because I've got a busy weekend. I haven't got time to play Saturday. I'm going to pick up a new kitten on Saturday. Uh. <laughs> so uh, I'll have my hands full. Um, yeah, so Saturday is going to be a write-off. I don't think I'll be able to do much Sunday until the to, to, till the actual launch of the World Cup anyway. So I think Friday I'll be 99% locked in. I'm going to have a look in a minute at making uh, more defenders in my team. <laughs> Just make sure you're around on Sunday to check your Ecuador or Qatar player, whichever you go. I'll be at, I, I, yeah, I'll be at my parents <laughs> at that time and, and I'll make sure my, my, my brother puts it on. Get it on. See you opening the World Cup. Get it on. Be fine. Last one. Oh, my phone's ringing. Hang on. I'll let you sign off, Darren. All right, not a problem. <laughs> Bye, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Um, again, appreciate all the views on the videos, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.